Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hockey in the Classroom, episode 29. As always, out of Chicago, Wally Wallacek with you. Uh, let's go out east for the go around the table here. Brian, what's going on? Wally, good to have you and the rest of the crew here again. Um, boy, those uh, picks don't look so great looking back a couple days now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what's worse, my bracket in hockey or my ba- bracket in basketball. Both are... Up. And we got two free <laughs> W's out of it, too. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, those those I really needed, those COVID <laughs> wins there. So, <laughs> Man, did you pick Michigan? <laughs> Uh, I yeah, I did. did. I, I needed that one. <laughs> I needed one COVID win there. Oh, <laughs> uh, and chiming in out at Big D, Tony. What's going on? <laughs> Man, a lot. I, so I I couldn't watch a lot of the games this past weekend. I was I took a family vacation uh, down to Orlando, so I was at Disney when some of the games were happening. Um, before I went to the um, COVID capital of the world, which is Florida. <laughs> um, I, I had been vaccinated for two weeks, so I wasn't too worried about that. But um, I remember I was watching that Duluth-North Dakota game, and I was texting you, Wally, and you're like, oh, man, what an ending. And I'm like, it's not over. Um, yeah, I, I turned it off my phone right when I saw the goal. Um, and then you texted me that, and I turned it back on. I'm going to be honest, though, after the third overtime, I just passed out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same, same. So I, I did not get to see the ending live. I watched it the next day. I watched the replay. Uh, I watched the speed up version of overtimes four and five, and what what a freaking game that was! Oh God, yeah. I mean, two such great teams and a little bit of NCHC hockey. And I, you know, I'm, I maybe jumping the gun a little bit here, but the NCHC again. That's all you need to say. I mean, Nothing more. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, Duluth is kind of making me eat my own words here. I've been doubting them the last, like, month and a half, I would say. Um, and then especially when you get – you know, I always worry about the teams that essentially get the first round by and Duluth and BC essentially got that this week – or this past weekend. And uh, so they play one less game, so you always wonder, does that hurt them or does that help them? Do they do they get to stay the legs a little bit fresher than North Dakota or AIC and St. Cloud BU, or does that hurt them? Um, I think one team it hurt and one team it helped, and the one team that it really helped was Duluth, I think, when we get to five freaking overtimes, uh, longest college hockey game in history, um, and – Man, oh man, did it not disappoint. <laughs> no, what a game. Um, but let's real quick, let's go through um, the first round brackets here. Um, I know we probably have a lot of disappointments, at least from our bracket standpoints, or at least I uh, I do. Um, <laughs> but uh, real quickly, uh, as I, you know, we just mentioned, North Dakota ended up beating the AIC 5-1, uh, and then Duluth ended up getting the uh, – Automatic bid here as Michigan ended up bailing out due to uh, COVID issues. And then uh, Bemidji ends up dominating Wisconsin 6-3. Uh, and then uh, UMass 5 uh, over Lake Superior State 1. Um, so let's like let's just get you guys' thoughts real quick. And uh, 
Brian, let's start with you. Let's start over at uh, the Lake Superior uh, UMass game, I mean, or wherever you actually want to start. What do you, what do you, what did you think happened this past weekend? Well, in Bridgeport, you... yeah, in Bridgeport, yeah. I don't think uh, I think I kind of gave Wisconsin a little too much credit. I didn't pay much attention to Bemidji. I thought that'd be an easy, maybe not an easy Wisconsin win, um, but boy, eat my words on that one. Well, Bemidji played that. That's probably the best game they probably played all season. Based on just kind of you know what we've seen of them, but man, that's that's a good way to win, getting the winning the tournament when it when it counts. Unfortunately, they kind of you know laid the egg against UMass the next night, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this: I watched that Bemidji Wisconsin game, and I don't think I've seen a better all around game. Um, and this is like throughout pretty much the whole season for all the teams. I, I Bemidji played a complete game, and I think what really tied Wisconsin hands was really shutting down Cole Caulfield through the first, you know, two and a half periods, essentially. I mean, he was trying to do it himself, essentially, on some occasions, and they, they neutral trapped him so badly that once he got to the center line on the on the rush, he, he almost just ran into a brick wall and didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, and it, it was bad. The one thing I didn't understand from Tony Granato's standpoint I wouldn't have – I would have started Cameron Rowe that game. I wouldn't have made him sit the bench after being pulled in the Big Ten Championship. I would have gave him the nod still, and I think they gave him the nod too late. To start the third, I thought it was too little too late for, for Wisconsin there. I didn't realize they didn't go with him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't – I thought they would have gone with them, and it really wasn't until about, like, the first, like, 90 seconds uh, – I you ended up seeing the goalie number and I'm like oh, that's not Cam- that's not Cameron Rowe there. Um, and then I ended up looking up online and, and I saw the starting card and he wasn't on it. So I was kind of shocked. I, I really I didn't think that was the right call on Granado's part. I, I think I know what he's trying to do. Um, you know, Rowe had a bad bad game against Minnesota in the Big Ten championship, but it you gotta let. He did one- he did what Andy Murray has done for so many years, where it's, there's you can't let a goalie get consistency. Where all right, you have you have one bad game, and then somebody comes in late in the game, and they they play well in the third period, and you give them the nod, and you keep doing that every single weekend. I mean, it's proved at Western; it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, you see it in the NHL level too. Um, you know, goalie gets pulled. You don't see the coach the next, you know, two days later, three days later you know, essentially just go straight to the backup. I mean, you know, under certain circumstances, yes, maybe you do, depending on when you're pulling this goalie and and so forth and how well they're playing. Uh, the circumstances for Wisconsin, I did not think those required Cameron Rowe to be on the bench at the start of that game. So I thought that was a big mistake there. But, you know, like I said, and Brian, I was texting you during the game. I mean, Bemidji – Bemidji just kind of outplayed and outhustled Wisconsin. Really, Wisconsin just looked kind of like stunned in the first period and a half. Um, it, it was kind of like an eye opening, and then, you know, by the time they started really finding you know the holes in Bemidji's defense, it was it was too little, too late. Like I said, um, Bemidji just really outplayed, outhustled. I'll get you know the one thing I just didn't like about the Bridgeport bracket not just this game was that might be some of the worst ice i've ever seen on a hockey you kept, game you kept During... mentioning that because you were being my eyes for that game which is much appreciated by the way 
What do you mean by what do you mean by bad ice? Uh, I, I mean, so uh, the the I've heard that from many people. The ice eating on granite. They did say it was a lot. It was an extremely humid day outside uh, that weekend for this tournament. Which anywhere you go in a humid or, or environment, the ice is going to get is going to chip up a lot quicker and it's going to get softer and pucks going to be bouncing. This puck was bouncing like no other before the ice could even get chipped up. I and the the, the just the crazy bounce. I mean, so these guys could not skate the puck themselves without losing it or mishandling it. And and it's just the ice conditions were were just not favorable. I mean, it kind of looked like the outdoor game uh, we saw a couple months ago in the NHL at, at, in Lake Tahoe. I mean, there was even linesmen, referees. They were just randomly falling, skating backwards. I, it looked like a pond hockey game out there. Uh, it was kind of nuts. And you're thinking, and I'm thinking here, sitting here, going, man, this is the first round of the Frozen for the national tournament, and this is the best arena we can get them. <laughs> this is the best ice we can provide our players. Should um, play to Lake Tahoe at this point. Exactly, and even Barry Melrose kept bringing it up during the game against Wisconsin Bemidji. You could kind of tell he was like, "I can't believe that these guys are playing on this crap. This isn't this isn't we going to play after you know after school. This is first round of the national tournament, and this was the best we could provide the players." And you would think that arena hosts AHL hockey up in Bridgeport. There, you'd think they'd kind of be able to get ice going there, but and Sacred Heart plays there too, I believe. Yeah, and you know, and from what you know, they were alluding to, even if this wasn't a humid day out and it was cold outside, the uh, the uh, from what I've read on Twitter and stuff, this arena still is the same way. The puck just bounces like no other off the ice. So um, that, that's crazy. Uh, Bemidji played it to their advantage, there, and uh, so kudos to them. I I mean, I was really shocked that then the score ended up being six to three. I thought this would have been a closer game. Cole Caulfield ends his career at Wisconsin. He ended up getting two nods there um, at the end. Um, you could tell the frustration, though, on him and a few other players, though, um, throughout that game. The, the end of that third period, because I was able to get to my hotel room in enough time to, you know, catch pretty much the entire third period. And Wisconsin was buzzing. They had so many great opportunities. Um, I think Brock Caulfield had pretty much a wide-open net that they just couldn't quite get on his stick in the perfect spot. Um, I mean, they had their opportunities late. I mean, really, at the end, at the end of the day, it was a it was a five three game. That, I mean, it was an empty netter with what like a second left, maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, I agree. Yeah, they they had their opportunities. They uh they were given a lot of power play chances, and they did capitalize on a few, but not all of them. Um, so yeah, no, you, to your point, um, yeah, Wisconsin definitely had their chances to get the to get this a you know a tie game, try to push it to overtime. Um, but you know, and you can chalk this up to, you know, partially maybe the ice conditions, but there was a lot of opportunities right in front of the goaltender that just no one could get their stick on. Um, it was crazy. Like I said, that puck was like a bouncy ball. It was, it was nuts. And, and you know, one thing I want to say out of this is, you know, maybe, uh, you know, us as a podcast and, and the country just didn't give the WCHA enough credit with how good of a, how good of a conference it was this year. I mean, Bemidji State's a dang good team. And, I mean, you look at what Minnesota and, – and I know I'm jumping ahead of myself again right here, but with what Minnesota State did to Minnesota, we just might not be giving, you know, the WCHA enough credit. 
No, I agree. I mean, when we talk about the WCHA, we always talk about really Minnesota State. I mean, you know, throughout the year, we've talked about what Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech. I mean, we've we've talked about a lot of the teams in the WCHA. We we hide Bemidji up. We we yeah. I I, I mean, I thought. I think, uh, especially last year, just the way how Bemidji was playing. I mean, the top two teams were Bemidji and and Minnesota State. they were easily one and two, and then there was kind of like the middle of the pack and then the bottom of the pack. So, I mean, it was um, – but I agree. I, I don't think we we gave the WCHA as much of its – of a props that they deserved. I mean, we always talk about the top three, NCHC, Hockey East, and the Big Ten. And it's funny that, Tony, bring this up. One of the questions I wrote down for, for you guys is, after this tournament – I mean, was the what did we overhype hockey East a little bit this year? You know, it's it's so difficult because you know you have one bad game, and and you're done, right? Um, we're, it, it's kind of like March Madness. It's, yeah, at the end of the day, the Big Ten was probably the best team or the best conference in college basketball, but anything can happen in a one in a one game. I'm I'm using quotes here series. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think Hockey East usually is overhyped, if I'm being honest with you. I think the media pumps up the, the East Coast schools a lot. You know how I feel about that. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell from a national tournament regardless, you know. Um, and it's definitely tough to talk about this year because there was no crossover. There was no non-conference schedules. So we didn't get to see a Notre Dame go over play Boston College or uh, North Dakota go, you know, down and play Bowling Green. Uh, we didn't. We just didn't get to see that this year. So to to see and compare um, the conferences and the, the the top teams in these conferences to square off, it, it's definitely hard to evaluate. I guess the conference themselves. But I, I mean, I think I kind of agree with you, Tony. I think we just, you know, I don't know if we gave the WC. WCHA a much of a props as we probably needed to. Um, I mean, we definitely been on the Minnesota State bandwagon all year as the top team or one of the top teams in the nation. But, um, you know, I think at, at points this year, I think we kind of uh, doubted or downplayed Bemidji just a tad that we didn't think they were the same team that they were last year. And um, granted, they're not in the Frozen Four, but, you know, they got to the second round. And, and in great fashion too, and they beat a, a top Wisconsin team. And I mean, I you know we talked about that hockey East team. UMass had an incredible weekend. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there's no doubting UMass's play at all. Um, they definitely want to have been the top teams this year in Hockey East. I think I overhyped BU more this year than anybody. And BC was just always a top two, top three team this whole year. I mean, they just were steadily at the top throughout the season. And then, you know, UMass was right there with them. Um, and, and UMass, though, right now is just taking care of business. 5-1, first round against Lake State. And, you know, I watched that. It's just two different teams. Lake State. Man, do they just have so many big guys? I mean, they're they're basically Lake State. Honestly, the way their roster's set up and the way they play is almost like an NCHC type team. Like they just they're there to beat you up. But UMass is so fast that 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 just kind of hurt Lake State at the end of the day. Um, so I mean, Lake State had a hell of a season. Good for them that they got in. They had a tough task in front of them against UMass. Uh, so 
to lose five to one. Um, I'm not a hundred percent or not completely shocked by that score. And, but then they go in the next day and just take care of business for nothing against Bemidji. Um, so UMass right now is just rolling on all cylinders. And just a to touch on, oh, oh, you know, go ahead, Tony. No, go ahead. Yeah, Brian. I was just saying, make like the point of with Lake State. I feel like maybe we haven't talked. I don't think we talked about much last week. Uh, but that was their first tournament appearance in 25 years. That's hard to believe. Wow. Okay. I mean, I think I think part of that, you know, you look at playing in the CCHA. And even when, you know, when you're a Michigan school, I mean, Michigan is one of the top states when it comes to college hockey and hockey in general in America. But when you're kind of almost the last fiddle in the, in the state of Michigan, when you think about it, right? Like, at the end of the day, when you think about Michigan colleges, you think about Michigan, you think about Michigan State, think about Western, Ferris had their day, Northern Tech, and then Lake State and the Sioux is just kind of there. Um, but I mean, yeah, what a, what a great run for them. Um, and it looks yeah. like Lake State does, uh, as of now, unless anyone hits the transfer portal, top three scores next year coming back. So maybe we got to be a little more, we'll keep our eye on Lake State over the summer here. And when we get to the preview show in, in October, maybe we'll have to pencil them in towards the top there. Yeah, I, I think they, they have to be right. I, I mean, if, Matt and I were talking about transfer portal before you jumped on, Brian, and it seems like every team is getting somebody and a captain, a leading scorer, and right. pick leaders. You know, and this could be – could this be Lake Superior trying to load up? And are they part of the new CCHA next year? I I believe yeah, they are. So maybe this is I, them I loading. Everybody but the – Everybody but the Alaskas in Huntsville. Yeah, so maybe they're just loading up to win the inaugural CCHA championship next year. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, they had a hell of a season. I, I think uh, they, them alone really boosted the the value of the WCHA, I think, a little bit this season. Um, and it's not – it wasn't just a Minnesota State Conference. I mean, Bemidji and, you know, the teams that even aren't in the national tournament that really played uh, – a hand in how tough the WCHA I think secretly was, which is Northern Tech um, and Bowling Green. Uh, so I think, yeah, uh, to go back to Tony's question, did we maybe undersell the WCHA a little bit? Uh, you know, I would say for myself, I think I did. I, I would, I would agree. And, you know, I, I think, you know, UMass, man. I, and, and, you know, when I, when I said hockey East is a little overrated, I think they're such a top-heavy conference. I think people give love to the middle of the conference a little more than they should, but the top teams out there are for real. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, you know, like you know, like like you mentioned, that it definitely, definitely a top-heavy. And then there's like probably what four or five-ish teams in that middle of the pack that kind of just jumble up, and maybe one of them has maybe a. I don't want to say a fluke, but, you know, they have that one good year, but then they drop back to the middle of the pack. But we see usually the same three, maybe four teams, usually at the top of the Hockey East. Um, I, you know, to your point, I think people hype up Hockey East a lot more um, than maybe some other conferences just because of, well, you know, especially when it comes to BU and BC, you know, the the history behind both programs and the longevity so uh, if that's possible I don't know if that's an actual reason or not um, but uh, you know right now 
Hockey East only has one team in the Frozen Four, and that's UMass, and they're rolling. WCHA has one team in the, in the Frozen Four, Minnesota State. They're playing extremely well. And uh, NCHE right now has got two teams. So, um, but real quickly before we uh, we move on to the other part of the of the first round bracket, you know, I don't think we were completely shocked. North Dakota AIC five one. I watched the beginning part of that game, guys, and it looked like North Dakota was trying to make a statement early. I mean, they the AIC was in trouble right out the gate. Which I think my, <laughs> um, my key la- when I said last week was, man, if AIC, that first period, they can hang tough, you know, make it scoreless, they'll have a chance. But yeah, that first period I saw the uh, stat line, like, oh boy, it's going to be a long night for the Hornets up there. The Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Whatever B they are. <laughs> um, and then not much to talk about. Duluth ended up beat or not beating, but uh, moving on from Michigan. Michigan got beat by COVID. <laughs> um and it, it, for me, it's unfortunate because I think I hyped up the Big Ten quite a bit this year. I think, uh, and I'm and I'm and I say this because someone sent me a DM earlier this week of a picture of Cole Caulfield, and Ryan Whitney quote says, "If you watched him at Wisconsin, it was a joke of an entry level he's been at so far. He's an elite scorer, so why not think you could do it again?" End quote. I, he's referring to why isn't Cole Caulfield going to be brought up to Montreal right away? Uh, for people that don't know, he did just recently sign his contract with the with the Habs, but he's going down to uh, the AHL level to start. Um, but I I thought this this comment from Ryan Whitney was kind of BS in my my opinion. I don't think the Big Ten is an entry level joke of a conference. So I, I, well, I thought that was kind of a BS uh, comment to, to make there on, on his part. Well, I mean, that's all Ryan Whitney does nowadays is make hot takes. That's, that's all he does. Uh, I mean, and, you know, I don't see his beloved BU or BC, whichever one he went to, um, going really far in this term as well. But, I, I, but I, you know, I was kind of uh, – I, I was disappointed in that comment because – the, the Big Ten is a legit conference. Uh, there's a lot of great players that are coming out of the Big Ten that are going to the next level. Um, so if you think the Big Ten, if anybody out there, not just Ryan Whitney, but if you if you think the Big Ten is an entry-level joke of a conference, you know, then you're not watching real, the real Big Ten hockey right now. And, and that's – but. One thing I will – like, I'll, I guess I'll kind of get on his side a little bit with the Big Ten this year is – and you hit it right on the head earlier, is that was the Big Ten actually that good? Um, I, I think some of their t- – I mean, I think Michigan might have – you know, the fact that, you know, they didn't have that opportunity to play. Um, Notre Dame, I don't think, deserved to be in the tournament still. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but it's it's tough because you didn't see those cross-conference matchups. You know, you couldn't really gauge, okay – how did they do against Hockey East? How did they do against the WCHA? How did they do against the NCHC? You couldn't see it. So I I don't know if I personally went to went with Wisconsin as a one seed. I would have given Minnesota State a one seed. Um, I thought they were more deserving. But regardless, it's it's tough. And I mean, the, the, the Big Ten has traditionally been such a weak conference defensively. Yeah, and, and really, when I read this comment, I think I was looking at more on the behalf of, you know, they were talking about Cole Caulfield in general, and is he ready for the next level? Um, some say yes. Me personally, I think he isn't, 
I think he still has stuff he needs to work on in the AHL level. Um, but I mean, I see him as like an Alex to He's, he's small, quick. He's got a, a cannon of a wrist shot to has been successful so far in the NHL with the Blackhawks. I see him doing that with, with Montreal, but here's the thing Debrinket's doing that successfully when he's got playmakers on his line. So if, if he goes up to, to Montreal now, I don't see them putting him on first or second line. They're going to put him on the third or fourth line. That's usually not many playmakers and not a lot of time on the ice. Um, I don't see him being successful third or fourth line. Now, back to the college hockey in the Big Ten, I looked at it the last two years. Last year, I thought the Big Ten was a lot stronger than it was this year. Um, 100%. Minnesota was a top team. Penn State was one of the top teams in the nation. Uh, Notre Dame played extremely well all year. Michigan eh, wasn't great last year, but they were great this year. And then Michigan State surprised us last year and not surprised us this year. And then Ohio State was good last year. So I, I thought the Big Ten last year was a lot stronger than this year. Um, Notre Dame was up and down throughout the whole year. Um, and it really came down to, I think, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, in Michigan, and really, we don't we don't get to make a comment or an opinion about Michigan, at least as far as the national tournament, because they didn't get their opportunity um, because it ended up being squandered by COVID. So that's unfortunate. Um, you know, shit happens. Uh, it, it sucks for them. Luckily, though, for Michigan, that they're such a young team that pretty much ninety eight percent of that roster is going to come back anyways next year. So hopefully, they uh, can can re- make a deep run and you know get back to the national tournament and beat COVID this time. <laughs> Absolutely. But man, mo- moving on from, from that, like North Dakota, Minnesota, Duluth, man, that game did disappoint. No. And before uh, Tony, before we go to the second round, let me just wrap up the first round here in the second part, if you don't mind. Um, go for it. Minnesota, you know, as we all know, played uh, Nebraska, Omaha, Minnesota dominates seven two. Uh, Minnesota State struggled a little bit in the against Quinnipiac in the first round. Ended up going to overtime, but ended up getting the win four three. Uh, as we know, BC uh, moved on as Notre Dame lost their battle with COVID, like Michigan and Saint Cloud State dominated BU six um, two. The only game that I really got worried about, guys, here was the Minnesota State game. Uh, Quinnipiac really gave them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a scare. I mean, shoot. <laughs> I'm just glad we're plus. In fact, I picked Omaha to beat Minnesota, and yeah, that, that didn't work out well. But yeah, <laughs> you almost had, had it. to risk it to get the biscuit. That's for sure. I, I mean, uh, Minnesota played as well as I thought they were going to against Omaha, and that's nothing against Omaha. I just thought Minnesota overall was just a stronger team, better goaltending. Um, I think the one that shocked me the most was the St. Cloud State game. And it's not because I don't think St. Cloud's a great team. I think they are. I, I And like like I said earlier, I think I overhyped BU throughout the whole year. I mean, they're a great team, but maybe the lack of games played might have hurt them here against St. Cloud, who played a f- quote-unquote full season during this COVID season. And some of it, uh, you know, yeah, we're, I think all of us are a little bit biased towards the NCHC, but I just think the NCHC is built differently. Um, yeah. I think I think the NCHC to hockey is what the SEC thinks it is to football. Yeah, and 
for any of our listeners, that's not the first time you've probably heard Tony make that accurate comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, I, you know, you look at the SEC in football and it's like Alabama dominates every single year where it's like the NCHC, it's, it's somebody different every year. It's like, you know, you don't have Ole Miss who, who thinks they're God's gift to earth just because they've beaten Alabama maybe twice in the last 15 years. It's like, dude, you, you play in the SEC and Alabama wins every year. But in the, in the NCHC, it's like Denver might win, Duluth might win, North Dakota might win. Um, St. Cloud has been the number one overall seed in, in the tournament multiple times. It's, it's such a it, – it's so it's, – and I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago where the NCHC is just deep. You know, you look at teams like CC and um, Miami who are at the bottom of that conference. It, it's you can't tell me there's other conferences that they wouldn't be a consistent top seed in. Yeah, uh, well, it's funny you mentioned that, like the whole NCHC and all and all that stuff. Because as I was repicking my Frozen Four winners here. <laughs> um, <laughs> So real quickly um, for the for our listeners who might not have seen yet, we got Duluth against uh, UMass and Minnesota uh, State versus St. Cloud State. So St. Cloud ended up beating BC four one. So St. Cloud State took took it to the hockey's top two teams, and Minnesota State the battle of the best goaltenders is what I was calling that game. Um, only one goaltender showed up. It looked like uh, Minnesota State ended up winning four nothing. Uh, UMass, as I think we, as Tony or Brian, one of you guys mentioned earlier, UMass obviously won against Bemidji State, uh, handedly two for nothing. And then we already talked about it UMD, North Dakota, the greatest game in college hockey history, five overtimes, longest game in college hockey history, uh, 3 2 final, twice, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that offside call. <laughs> yeah, it, it was close. It was close. Um, I, I got no opinion on it, but it was close. Um, it was close, but wrong. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, so that leaves. I don't. I don't necessarily think it was wrong, but I think it was. Come on, You're, come on. <laughs> oh, well, that's college hockey refs for you and reviewing. But uh, so um, real quickly, uh, what. Who do you guys got uh, in the Frozen Four now? We got UMD, UMass, versus and then Minnesota State versus St. Cloud State. What do you guys got? I'm going to contradict one of my previous statements. Oh, okay. here we go. I, I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm going UMass, Minnesota State with Minnesota State winning. Oh, you got both NCHC teams out of it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like how well UMass played it. UMass hasn't played a team the caliber of Duluth. Also, I want to add this. How cool would it have been if Bemidji had won and we had seen four teams from the, from the state of hockey in the, the magical four? That would have been badass. And, and an, another point to this, someone, someone made I, – I was, I was – um, Ben Holden made the comment of, why don't we just move this to the XL Energy Center? Seriously. It's like you've got three Minnesota schools in here. Let's play it, let's play it at the X. Um, no, I, you know, I just like the way UMass plays. I think UMass Duluth is going to be a really good game. Um, I'm, I'm going with UMass. They've just been so dominant, but what scares me for UMass is that, you know, the momentum that they've had, all of a sudden you have two weeks off and who knows what that'll do to it. Uh, Minnesota state, St. Cloud. I, 
I think this is going to be another great one. You know, you have a lot of guys that probably grew up playing together and playing against each other. Um, I think this is going to be a great game. I think Dryden McKay is going to be the difference, and I think Dryden McKay is going to be the difference in the Frozen Four. That leads the Mavericks to their first ever national championship that I thought could have happened last year. Brian, what about you? So I'm going to go on the limb and say a team from <laughs> Minnesota is going to win it all. <laughs> well, God, you got a 75% chance to get that right. Yeah. UMass win well, all now. Yeah, UMass will win just to spite my I'm not taking, there. I'm not taking any sport gambling advice from Brian <laughs> if this ends up not paying off for him. <laughs> I don't know why you've been doing that in the first place, but, you know, I'm evidenced <laughs> by my whiffs on two upset well, specials. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the same boat with you, so there you go. Misery loves company. You know, who, you know who you should be taking sports betting advice from? The opposite of me? Is me. Oh. It's me, because that, I, so I, I didn't download our most recent podcast. Um, and I like I finished the other ones I was listening to, so I needed something to listen to on my plane ride back to Big D. And I listened to our episode like two episodes ago, what, episode twenty-seven. I picked fifteen of the sixteen teams right in the NCA tournament. The only one I got wrong was Lake State, and I mean, let's be honest, they needed a like a magic run in the WCHA tournament to get in, which they had. So they had. And I, I said I said Bowling Green and Lake State got in, so um, I got 15 out of 16 ain't bad. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, now my bracket was a total mess. But. The, yeah, well, I think a lot of us were. Uh, so, Brian, we know that you think a Minnesota team will win it, but what teams are moving on for you? I'm going to say UMass now, just to contract everything I just said. <laughs> All right, so. So you got UMass. So I know a Minnesota team is moving on in the other side of this, but which one are you picking? Minnesota State. I just, uh, I'll, you know, when it comes down to it, like I like that. You know, I'm going to keep drinking the dried McKay, dried McKay Kool Aid there. Wow, you guys are not going to like where I'm going with this one. So um, because UMD has decided to give it to me straight. Not only the last weekend, yeah. but the last month and a they, half. They listen to our podcast, and they're like, "This Wallace, that guy can go, yeah, can go <laughs> jump off a cliff. He can go um, jump so ba- yeah, yeah. based off, especially the last game against North Dakota, I'm convinced that UMD um, is is I don't want to say back to their national championship team ways. I I think the two Natty teams are a little bit better than this team, but this team is for real. So I'm I'm big enough to say that I'm wrong. So I'm taking them over UMass. Um, And uh, as much as I've loved McKay's play all year, Minnesota State's play all year. uh, Oh, no, wait, this one, I'm going with Minnesota State. I I think McKay (laughs) – I I had the, I was looking at the wrong part of the bracket. I'm like, wait, I, I thought I picked Minnesota State. I did pick Minnesota State. Um, I think this will be a close one, though, with St. Cloud, the way they, they've been playing the first two rounds. Um, but like Tony, you said, I think uh, Dryden McKay is going to be the difference maker in this one, and that's going to get them advancing. So I have an all-Minnesota national championship. I got Duluth versus Minnesota State. I have not picked – who I think would win that one. And when we get to the national championship game, I will let you guys know who I, 
<laughs> in that one. Um, cause that one's going to be, I, I, let's just say it's between all four of these teams. I, I see all f- four of them it, going to the national championship. This, I think both games are going to be very close call games. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And I mean, my, my own personal bias towards the NCHC, I'm really hoping for St. Cloud Duluth. I would not be disappointed with that matchup. <laughs> hey, I, actually, Matt, I'm really, I'm really surprised in you. Was that? I, I thought you were going to pick UConn Western Michigan in the <laughs> national championship. You know, I, well, so I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was get so I saw a lot of negative comments to the NCAA on Twitter, um, especially right after the Michigan COVID testing. Negative comments at NCAA? Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I know, right? Hmm. So a lot of Aliens. a lot of people were wondering why the NCAA didn't have backup teams ready to go in case of this situation. Now, I thought about it. And I sat there thinking watching the Wisconsin-Bemidji game when I probably should have been actually – doing my other job <laughs> um, and I, I was reading some of these comps and I'm like you know I don't know if that's truly fair to the team to just sit there as a backup I, I almost and I kind of was putting myself in that situation if I was a player would I want to be just that backup team in case co- someone got COVID and me personally I don't think I would have wanted that I think I think that's I think it's just kind of a BS because if you end up winning at least one game, everybody would just be saying, "Oh, you only got in because of COVID, because the team got the team that should have been there couldn't stay." You know, whatever. So, me personally, I don't. I think the way they handled it right out the gate, where they just advanced the team they were supposed to play, I thought that was the best way to do it. That's me personally. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that one, man. It's, but Monday, I think, was the deadline. So if a team couldn't play, that was the deadline that was put in place that a, a fill-in team would have happened. Yeah, so the only one that really they could have maybe potentially um, backfilled would have been Notre Dame because they were about middle of the week, weren't they? Yeah, they were just after that. that Michigan, deadline. Michigan was, I think, only a day or two before the tournament started. So I, there's no. Were they a day before? I thought they were the day off. They might have been the day off. That you, that might even be. Yeah, more it accurate. was because Michigan but already they're, flew they're, to Fargo to play the game. They had to turn around and go back. So th- there was no way in that you could backfill that one. So, but the Notre Dame one, I think, was was close. But I think they just missed the. Uh, deadline to do that. Um, so I think the way they handled it, so, I, you know, there was a lot of uh, shitty comments. You know, this was dumb, should have had backup teams. I, I don't think there should have been backup teams. I, I think that's that's unfair to the back. If you were a backup team, that's unfair because you are just sitting there waiting, and then the first round starts, all the teams play, and now you're telling your team, well, now you're, you know, now you're packing your shit up. So I, no, I, I think you're right. I think you hit it on the head right there. Like, yeah, you want to get in the dance, but you know, would somebody put an ad, say, say Providence, I'm going to use Providence or say Lowell. I'm going to use Lowell. Granted, I think Lowell should have gotten in over Boston or over uh, Notre Dame, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Say they get in and then they go on a run and win the national championship. 
It's like, do you put an asterisk next to that? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're that, if you're that player, that team that ends up winning it or winning the whole thing because you're you get in because of a COVID issue, you know what? You know what are the comments these guys have to end up hearing about? You know, years later, you know, asterisks, all that stuff. I it's just, I think there's you add more controversy and issues if they would have done that. So I think that was the smart play. 16 teams now if like half the teams had covid and that you know at that point i think then we just run into the same scenarios last year you just call it because it some some just got pretty much fucked up (laughs) (laughs) um thankfully that was not the scenario um and people are complaining like giving the big 10 a hard time like oh it's two big 10 teams well okay i think people need to understand Notre Dame and Michigan don't share a bathroom. They don't share an apartment building. So <laughs> that we know <laughs> just because they just because they both come from, just because they both come from the Big Ten, both are four hours away from each other. Uh, it has no like there's no tie to that. So I, I don't understand. Some of the people that like make these comments just blow my mind, like where what they come up with this shit. But that just because they both came from the Big Ten has nothing to do with that the Big Ten had terrible protocols and COVID. In fact, I don't think they had a COVID issue during during the regular season. So um, I think them and the NCHC were two of the cleanest uh, conferences all year round. If I if I'm uh, Penn State had a delay for a little bit, and then Michigan. Well, had Michi- to, Michigan that was, was in January, I but, but that. that that wasn't because that wasn't them. That, that was, was the a, university. Like a, that was an athletic department. That was the thing. university yeah. because the whole freaking campus was an issue, not not the hockey program. So yeah, yeah, that wasn't a, But I I know Penn State did for a little while. Okay, which, uh, but still, Grant. I mean, there were. I think we had more COVID issues out out east in hockey east ECAC. Um, and the WCHA. So I'll still stand by my, my statement. I mean, I know the NCHC was one of the cleanest teams, COVID protocol protocol. Um, I think the big Ten was up there with them. So this has nothing to do with the big Ten. The big Ten did it right. I believe Um, it, it was just unfortunate that both teams ended up with, with what happened. So, uh, you know, we'll, we're past that. So, um, but yeah, guys, I mean, we got, the national championship coming up, uh, not this weekend, uh, but the following uh, Frozen Fours on Thursday night, uh, first game four o'clock, uh, followed by eight o'clock game. At least in Central Time, if you're out east, you obviously know what's up. You can we can well, uh, we have to do the math to add one to that. <sighs> yep, <laughs> I didn't sign up. Um, I didn't do this podcast for math, people. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> maybe what is it? The the semifinals is on yep. the eighth, yep. right? And then the national championships, the tenth. Yep. Man, maybe we can do like a live stream or something of the three of us watching it. Oh uh, yeah, I think we need to. Tempting. We'll have to we'll have to figure out how to do Let, that. Let's think I'll about like that one. But maybe because because I don't want to pick a national championship. I don't want to pick a champion now. I would like to for us three. We have our final. We have our frozen four picks, so we know who we want to go into the natty. But ultimately, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. But I want to see who comes into the natty. And then I would like us three to pick one before that game starts. Um, but, yeah, I'm in with that live stream. I like that idea. That'd be cool. That'd be really fun. Something different. 
let's 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 uh let's discuss this off off air and maybe we can figure it out. Oh yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. I, there's ample amount of things to uh. <laughs> as, as I look at the Dallas Stars, yeah, there's the key. Yeah. Oh, per- perfect. The nat- so the national championship game. Six o'clock puck drop in uh in the normal parts of the country, uh seven o'clock where Brian lives. Nice. And uh the stars have a one o'clock puck drop. So <laughs> there you go. I'll be nice let's nice go. and liquored up. Boom, let's go. Um but yeah, uh we'll have to figure that out. But uh guys, that's all I got for us. Uh we are coming to a, a very close uh end of the season here. Um, we only got two more games left and then a national championship. So, uh, this is new for Tony and I, as we did the podcast last year, Brian, this is new for you as you joined this year, but we never, we never got to the playoffs last year. So this is, this is fun. I'm loving this. Uh, this bracket was completely in the words of Brian chaotic, (laughs) Brian. I, I literally thought about that word the whole flipping weekend (laughs) that my, you, you could have dropped a freaking bomb on my bracket and blown it up. That's what it looks (laughs) like right now. Um, but yeah, um, the four teams that are still left top four teams right now, in the nation, uh, I'm excited for the eighth and to see who gets us in the natty. Yeah. Same boys. Like it, you know, it's, it's been a fun ride this season and still got a little more time. Um, but guys, if you guys are good, I'm good. All set. Yeah, I'm good. So as we, uh, get closer to the frozen four here after this weekend, And as always, watch college hockey.